Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Jason Harris, author of The Soulful Art of Persuasion. And if you want to level up your relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down for the second time with Jason Harris. Jason is the CEO of the award-winning creative agency Mechanism, co-founder of the Creative Alliance and author of the national bestseller, The Soulful Art of Persuasion. Harris works closely with brands through a blend of soul and science to create provocative campaigns that engage audiences. Iconic brands include Peloton, Ben & Jerry's, Miller Coors, HBO, and the United Nations, in case you've ever heard of any of those. Under his leadership mechanism was named to add ages agency A-list and twice to their best places to work and to creativity's Creativity 50. Harris has been named in the top 10 most influential social impact leaders, as well as the 4A's list of 100 people who make advertising great. His methods are studied in cases at Harvard Business School. Guys, it's going to be such a fun conversation. Jason's a great dude and has some amazing, amazing insights into marketing, uh, which if you're listening to the show, you are definitely going to want to stick around to listen to. But first, really quickly... 
If you like to be a guest on podcasts or if you are a podcaster and you want to interview better guests, then head on over to guestio.com. It's a software that my team and I recently put together that helps connect you with the other person. So if you're a show looking for guests or you're a guest looking for shows, Guestio is the place to be. That's guestio, guestio.com. Go create a free profile right now. Check out all the amazing people that we have over there. Jason, what's up, brother? Thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show again. What's up, Travis? I realized I got to shorten my bio because <laughs> I, I feel like you needed a water break in the middle of that thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's cool, man. Yeah, I just had to take a long, you know, deep breath at the beginning and really get yeah. through it all. That's what it's, happens when you've just done so many amazing things in your career, though, man. So congrats. That's on. what happens when you get older. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and congrats on the book, too, Soulful Art of Persuasion. We we're just talking about it. it was published in Romania this morning. And that's language number nine. So congrats on the huge success of the book. I remember having you on back right before it released. And I'm happy to have you back on again to talk a little bit more about that. So before yeah. we kind of dive into your story a little bit more, can you just give people the URL that you want them to go to to pick up a copy of the book, unless it's just anywhere they buy books? Yeah, anywhere they, they buy books. And the soulfulart.com has more about the book, more about me, some tips on there. So check out that as well. Great. TheSoulfulArt.com. I'm telling you guys, if you are listening to this show, you're probably an entrepreneur, you're probably a business owner. And uh, if there's one skill that every single business owner needs, absolutely needs, it's persuasion in every sense of the word. Persuasion is everything for your business. It's sales, it's marketing, it's influence, it's leadership. Persuasion is one of the top skills that you need to cultivate as a leader in your business as an entrepreneur. So thesoulfulart.com, head over there uh, to check out uh, some of the stuff that Jason has going on and pick up a copy of that book right now before you forget. So Jason, I want to uh, rewind the clock here and um, go back to, let's say, 13, 14-year-old Jason, because I, I find it interesting when people end up in a career that's just a little bit uh, unconventional, something that, you know, people don't necessarily push you into, you know, you're not, you're not sitting there in second grade being like, I want to be a marketer, right? You're probably yeah. talking about firemen or policemen or something like that. So talk to me like 13, 14 year old Jason set the scene, you know, what was it like uh, uh, growing up in your shoes? Yeah, I grew up in uh, suburban Virginia outside of DC. I was a bit of a loner, you know, as a kid at that age, you know, I kind of came into my own a little bit later as I grew up and, and got a little older. But, uh, you know, when I, when I was that age, one thing that really had a huge impact on me was uh, the band Kiss. And I was in uh, the Kiss Army. <laughs> and, nice. And um, <laughs> I, I, it sort of was, you know, when I look back on it now, it was the first time I was actually like really persuaded to fall in love with something. And I was influenced by, by, the, by this band because this band was a band from New York that really played into in empty dive bars without any type of audience. And then they came upon this, this power of storytelling and they created the characters, the, the cat, the demon, the spaceman, the lover, and they created, you know, the face paint, which is iconic and everyone knows about it, but they created these characters and this backstory playing the same mediocre songs, but now with a story and now with something behind it, they were building this brand. And I felt like at the time being a kid and not really sure what my interests were or who my tribe was, I became part of this like KISS Army where 
these guys would would sign me sign letters to me and send me keychains and stickers. I'd go to concerts. I bought all their albums, and I really felt like I was in this like group. And I thought it was kind of badass. And that, when I look back on it, and I kind of wrote the book, I realized that was the first time I was influenced and persuaded. And what got me was storytelling, mm. and the idea that this band told a story. And that's why they, you know, sold thirty gold albums and. They're one of the best-selling bands of all time. And funny enough, when my kids who are my age now that you're talking about, their first concert, I took them to Madison Square Garden before the pandemic to a KISS concert. And we, oh, all, nice. wore, we, we all wore face paint <laughs> and they hated the music. They like hip hop. <laughs> and like halfway through the concert, they're like, all right, let's get the shit. Let's get out of here. Yeah, like, let's, uh, let's go. We're, yeah. yeah, we're, we're done. Uh, and, Appreciate and, the thought, dad, but no, thank you. Yeah. They were into the face paint and the story and, and the fire and all that. And the, you know, blood spurting tongue, wagging demon and all that. But then they got sick of it, but it was, uh, it was an interesting, like full circle, of you know me me growing up and and finding my first sort of hit of persuasion and then bringing my kids to that show. Yeah, how did that did that have any impact on what you were deciding to do with your life post high school? Um, it, or did it, you not really think about it until recently? Well, I mean, I, I actually it turned I got into bands later on and I I played the bass and it kind of got me into into music. But really, what got me into advertising and marketing is I was also a heavy TV watcher as a kid. My, my parents were uh, academic professors and they were, they were in a different mindset and I was more into entertainment and music and, you know, pop culture. And I would like look at commercials in between, that's when people watch TV and they watched ads. And I was always looking at the ads, trying to figure out what what the message was did it make me want to buy life cereal or egos or whatever really? it was yeah and I, I really that's crazy that you knew that early on like that, that I know. Was interesting to you as a teenager it was and uh that i didn't know oh i'm gonna start my own business and make it an ad agency or anything like that sure. but it did sort of start my path into oh, it seems like people do that for a living that seems kind of interesting that's how I feel like you know you're on the right track, man. When you have those types of interests at that type of at that kind of an age, because most kids are just hoping the commercials are over so their show comes back on. You know what yeah, I mean? Whereas definitely. you're kind of like looking forward to the commercials, trying to reverse engineer whether or not this was a good piece of marketing. Exactly. Um, so, so what did you end up studying then when you went to college? So I studied um, economics and I got a business degree. I think mainly for my parents. I was going to ask you, yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you like retrospect and with the context of perhaps giving advice to somebody who might be listening right now, college, good use of time, bad use of time, neutral. It depends. What's your take? My take is if you have the means, great use of time. I mean, I did have student loans, so I, I had part of the means, but not all the means. But I think if you, you know, if, if you over-index on a crazy expensive school, probably not worthwhile. But the development, for me, the development of my confidence, personal character, EQ, how I relate to others, it was a very good use of my time. But the other advice is I, like I always wish I had majored in art history because that's something that I loved. And I was always interested in that and world religions. 
don't major in something that you think will make your parents happy and get them off your back. Go to school if that's important, maybe to your family, and that's important the way you've been brought up. I don't think it's mandatory. We've certainly hired people that haven't gone to college. So I don't think it's a mandatory. But if you do go, and if you have the means, make sure you study something of interest to you, even if it has no career outcome. Mm. Because, you know, philosophy, psychology, whatever your interest is, use that time to develop other skills because you can always, as long as, you know, you, you know what you want to do, you can transfer those skills anywhere. Like we don't look for people that have degrees in certain things and not other things. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Use that time selfishly. Uh, that's what I would recommend. Okay. So you end up going to school, uh, get a degree in, in business or economics. And then from there, you, if I'm not mistaken, went to work directly for an ad agency, right? I did. I worked at a, a design firm, waited tables at night, just kind of worked nonstop, got a job, like an entry-level job. Yeah. And went from design firm, which led me into an advertising firm, which led me kind of up the ladder. And at some point I knew as an entrepreneur, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to these different places and see how people are leading and managing and what I like and don't like about the cultures or the work. And literally, I, I mean, I'm a dork. So I literally like kept notes and a journal and, you know, had a couple mentors along the way. And that led into when, when we, when we really started, uh, this is the mechanism with a K is the second agency. I started a production company before that. And we really used, a lot of our values and beliefs to formulate the culture that we have today. And so that's, that's another piece of advice is, you know, the, the, the conventional wisdom is if you're entrepreneurial, start something immediately and get out there and, and, and start your business, whatever your idea is. I subscribe to uh, playing the long game and knowing if that's what you want to do, there's value in picking up information and clues and ideas from working at other places because it's going to save you when you start your thing if you know the industry you want to be in it's going to save you time from making maybe a lot of mistakes or pitfalls that you that you learn at other places so i think it's a long game you don't have to start something immediately maybe if you have a, a burning idea that you know is someone's going to replicate and you got to get it out there quickly that's one case but if you have a career my, you know, my advice, I'm glad I did it that way because it yeah. saved me a lot of time in creating the values that we, we have today. I feel like it probably also gives you the ability to make the decisions for your business that you know are the right decisions that are not built out of, you know, this, this idea of scarcity because you know that, you know, your, that your bank account's going to run out in 30 days. So you have right. to make a decision that might be a little bit more, might be a little bit less thought out or might not be the best decision for the company or for the business, but you're kind of pigeonholed into making that decision because you don't have any money to outlast, you know, the business idea. Whereas, you know, the way that you did it, I'm sure, you know, and I think that this is probably uh, almost a requirement if you go that route, which is just don't be done with your money while you're making money from your job, right? Like right. be smart with it, live beneath your means, put money away, save a little bit, 
put some toward a, an account that you're going to use to start your business or whatever it is, and then just learn as quickly of a rate as, as you can by being a part of these types of organizations. I think that's exactly right. And, and that is exactly what I did because when I left and started something, I took a, I don't know, 350% pay cut yeah. <laughs> to, to start the business but that was okay because it wasn't life or death. And I was able to build up a portfolio and take on some clients to do case studies. And I wasn't overly, I mean, I was certainly stressed. We had a lot of lean times where we almost went out of business early on, but I wasn't as stressed because I had built myself some, some type of, of cushion and some sure. type of experience to go in there and not make uh, knee-jerk, knee-jerk reactions. So what was... When you, st- when you made the transition, when you finally said, okay, I'm done working uh, for somebody else, I'm starting my own, my own venture here. What would, if you can recall, what would be your top priority at that time? And what would you recommend be somebody's top priority if they're in the middle of making a transition that's similar? Well, one thing I did in my first company was I did it, I started it by myself and I did the, you know, pitching the producing, the invoicing, the hustling, the selling, the, the and that was super thrilling for about 12 months. And then literally felt like I was gonna have a nervous breakdown. Um, <laughs> I mean, I really had like, I, I was like on the verge of losing my mind. And so my, my personal advice, um, and if, you know, if mechanism ever, if I move on here or start something new in the future, I find it critical that you don't do it on your own, that you, you know, you could be, you could start it. It could be mainly yours. Maybe you have some equity for some other folks. Maybe you have a, an even partnership, however you want to chalk it up. It's very important for longevity and for burnout that you have assemble some type of super friends. Uh, Mm -hmm. to do it with. And that can take all different shapes and sizes, but that is really critical to longevity and making good decisions and the feeling of camaraderie and not loneliness or depression. It's having that like tight group, feeling like you can conquer the world together is really, really critical in my mind. I would never do it again by myself. Any thoughts on, I know that this can very widely, but any thoughts on structuring on those things? Like, are, like, are you talking about, you know, finding people to run with as, as equity partners, or are you talking about hiring within your first 30 days for specific roles? Is it a combination or any of those things? Um, it's a combination and it all depends on your industry and what you, what makes sense for you or how networked you are and if you have like-minded people that you found or maybe younger people you want to bring along and give them a chance uh, to do something. But my, uh, the best case state for me would be to start something with other people where you have even equity and go from there. And then if you want to, you know, save a portion to give equity away later to other people. That could be 50-50 with someone. It could be four people with 25, whatever it might be. Yeah. To me, that keeps the band from breaking up, you know? And when you have like the lead singer that's hogging all the glory, has 90% of the equity, 
it's hard to keep that band together. And mm. so if you, but you got to have the right band members. And if you don't, that shouldn't preclude you from starting something. You would just structure it differently. But I would always try to opt in the best case scenario to have different skill, complementary skill sets with even distribution of equity. Yeah, got it. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Any advice for actually forming those partnerships? Uh, to, business partnership, I feel like, is one of those things where it can be the thing that takes you from zero to 100 in a short amount of time, or it can just bend you over and uh, have its way with you. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I do. how do you, how, how do you make sure, you know what I mean? Like how, how, how do you make sure that you're, that you're marrying the right person? That's really what it is, right? It's marriage. It is definitely marriage. You need to make sure you can also get out of the marriage. Mm. And so you need to, you know, have a, a good uh, corporate lawyer drafting that agreement that makes it easy to, easy to, you know, exit if, if someone wants to and easy for you to, to not have the whole thing dissolve. Like, cause it doesn't always have to stay together cause it doesn't always work out, but you just need that paper that doesn't create tension. If something goes wrong. Always, yeah. always, always get it in writing. Even when you don't think that you have to do it anyway, because that's usually when it's the worst is, is when it's like a family member or a best friend or something like that. And you're just like, oh, well, we're, we're, we're homies, you know, we can just, you know, have a be a verbal handshake deal. Don't do it. Get it in writing and explicitly lay out each person's responsibility uh, so that there's no confusion on that in the future. Yeah, you always need to game worst case scenario 
And most likely if you game worst case scenario, it won't happen. If you ignore it, that's when thing, that's when it will, that's when it will, that's when it tends to happen. Like the, yeah. the things that have gone, that have blown up friendships for me are gone the way the Buffalo are when it's not in writing, there's not clear communication and one person thinks one thing and the other person thinks something else. And then it just sort of blows up and then you're really, then it creates more tension because you don't have a way out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about relationships, man. And obviously this is build your network. We talk a lot about relationship building and, um, and connecting with people on a high level and how to do it the right way and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, there, there is anything in life that's that rewarding and awesome is equally as not rewarding and not awesome. That's kind of the reason why things are awesome. You know what I mean? Is like the reason relationships are awesome is because of all the work that you have to put into them to make them that way. Do you have any advice on how to stay on the same page when it comes to, you know, this could be a business partnership or maybe just a referral partner, basically working with people and building those relationships continuously at a high level. I know that you, you know, you're constantly hanging out with people who are like leveling up their game. And, you know, I see, uh, I see you, you know, the people that you hang out with on Instagram and stuff like that. And, um, you're, you're, this is obviously something that's really important to you and you do it at a really high level. So I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the, I would use the same advice, which I actually, I talk about a little bit in my book, which is um, on a macro level, never let relationships drop to zero and always keep relationships top of mind. I, lit- I literally have a, a skill that I do in my work, five day work week, which is I have 20 minute blocks every day where I reach out to three people in my network. And it doesn't have to be you know, people overthink this reaching out to your network thing. It can be like, I know that you love at-home fitness. I'm going to send you this article on this product. I know that you are into chess. I'm going to show you how, I'm going to send you this thing about how Queen's Gambit made chess sales blow off the charts. Mm. I'm always sort of collecting information, books, articles. Like, so oftentimes when I buy a book, I'll buy, I'll just buy two or three like I just bought, uh, you know, Think Like a Monk, oh, yeah. that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I bought like, I knew I was going to like it before I bought it. I bought like four copies. So there's three people I'm going to send that to and FedEx it to that I think would get a lot of use out of that book. And so I, I'm always sort of thinking about that in a networked way. And, you know, being, it's like anything. You think you don't have to be disciplined, but discipline drives habit and habit drives success of building that network. And it doesn't have to be, you know, sending a book to someone with a little note takes about five minutes Yeah, and popping an article to them when you're thinking about them, you know, takes 10 seconds and that people, it's just saying you're top of mind and I'm thinking about you. It doesn't have to be carving out an hour for a conversation, you know, in our busy schedule, but just keeping people top of mind and, and thinking about your network in that way, really um, keeps that network thriving and alive and and not letting relationship drop to zero. Because when you do, it's really hard to unwind time and, and remember their likes and dislikes and get back in touch with them. So that's one thing I implement. And as it goes to the partnership thing, it's similar in that we will have two of my partners are on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast with another partner here. 
and we will have monthly meetings that are blocked. It's like the first Friday of every month, it's blocked out. And we, it, it, there's no agenda. It's like open discussion where we just sort of free form where we all are, how we think the business is, what areas of improvement we need uh, to be doing. And it gets, uh, it's, a, it's a time where you can save up issues you have or things you wanna discuss and you know there's an outlet for that. And it creates an outlet where you're not holding on to resentment because you never talked about that one thing or that department you started or that person that this person hired that you don't think you should have. And that is, uh, is very freeing and it can get intense and heated, but you get it out there and off your chest and you know there's an appointment for it. And it's like any relationship and it's obvious, but it's important. You know, communication and habits, you know, build success. Yeah, I absolutely love that advice, man. That one piece there could be worth the entire podcast for somebody listening right now because there's so, so many people that could have an amazing business if it weren't for a bad partnership or a, a partnership that went sour just because of something simple, lack of communication or uh, maybe lack of uh, of of uh, respect that happened in a certain situation that people's egos get fractured and relationships get burnt and bridges collapse. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there trying to pick up the pieces of a broken company and the pieces of a broken relationship, which a lot of times hurts even worse than the actual company itself. So I really appreciate, really appreciate the insights there. I want to talk to you a little bit before we go about, um, about the book specifically. Um, sure. And I want to encourage as many people that are listening right now to go check out the soulful art of persuasion. One thing that I, uh, liked and picked up on with your book specifically, Jason, is that there's a lot of trainings and, and things out there on influence and persuasion that are are leaning into the, you know, hardcore, you know, closing mentality of a yeah. used car salesman in the 1980s. And I that's why I like the name of your book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion, because it's telling you that you don't have to be that way in order to persuade and persuade effectively. It's not even like, it's not even like one of them is, you know, down here and then this other one is up here. It's, this is actually a better form of persuasion. It's going to get you better results in the long term and probably better results in the short term, but uh, it might be a little bit more difficult to master because you can't just read a script and say this exact thing when somebody's feeding you this objection or whatever the case may be. So um, I'd love to hear uh, before we wrap up just a couple of the quick things that, that are top of mind for you when it comes to teaching persuasion, but in a different way than mainstream, you know, trainers would teach the the same topic? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the fundamental like, like building block of the house that I see it is this idea of, of you know, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. Mm -hmm. And understand your value system, write down your value system, know what you who you are as a person, what you respond to, how you communicate with people and put yourself out there. This idea of sort of mirror and matching your audience and closing a sale and getting someone to like you is um, old, it's old thinking. And what people respond to today are people that really know who they are and can communicate who they are and understand that. It allows the other person to be vulnerable so they can do the same with you. And that builds uh, a really good relationship and a connection, even if your interests aren't similar. Mm -hmm. And even if, if they're not um, always aligned, it creates this um, trust because yeah. you're not afraid to be yourself. And, you know, people have really good bullshit detectors and it might sound, what you're saying might sound good, but inside they're feeling 
a sense of, of you being inauthentic. And yeah. that's really the, the big building block uh, to me of, of soulful persuasion. And uh, there's obviously a lot more to it. I talk about 11 specific habits in the book. But, uh, you know, another one is having a generous mindset, which I didn't have when I started out in business. This was a, a habit I had to learn. This was something I had to really practice. I would not give away advice freely or contacts or information or counsel or mentorship. But I realized by giving those things away and building your network that way and um, trying, whenever you path crop cross paths with someone, trying to make the interaction with them a good one and that they get something out of it. And doing that habitually and learning to practice that comes back in multiple, multiple ways down the road. And that generosity of spirit is something that it can be a learned skill and that will take you really far in many places. And it's not about keeping things close to your vest. It's about being open and free with your information, with your advice, and that really will get you far. Jason, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show again. Uh, for those listening, waiting for the who you know or what you know question, as well as the random round questions, then go check out the first interview that Jason and I did a little while back. Just go over to the uh, RSS feed and build your network and search Jason Harris's first episode will pop up there. But Jason, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, before we go, one quick place where you want our listeners to go connect with you the most. At Jason underscore Harris on Instagram and on Twitter. Either of those are great ways to find out more about me and uh, to connect. Perfect. At Jason underscore Harris over on Instagram, Twitter. Hit him up over there, guys. Check out some of the stuff that he has uh, going on and head over to thesoulfulart.com. Pick up a copy of his book right now before you forget. Jason, thanks so much again for coming on the show today, brother. Look forward to the next time we can have a chat. Thanks so much. Always great, Travis. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.